Hey everybody, before we start the episode, I just want to disclaim and give you information that we will be talking about gun violence in this episode. So if that is a little bit too much for you, that's okay. Um, just, you know, either go back to another episode or wait for us next week. But we wanted to give you that disclaimer before you started anything. We had a pretty great episode. So if you want to listen, it's going to be good. But our thoughts, prayers, our condolences will always be with the kids in Uvalde, um, as well as the people in Buffalo and everybody who we talked about in this podcast and going forward. Uh, hopefully, one day we'll be able to end gun violence in America. Uh, but until then, we'll continue to have the conversation around it and hopefully get some legislation to make some things change. So hope you enjoy this episode. What'd you say? New Greenwich. That's what it's called. Greenwich? This is Maui Wowie. Uh, so it's- <laughs> <laughs> what favorite movie is that I can't decide on a favorite movie? Press next podcast. Hey, yo, I'm Katie. And it's your co-host, Corey. And this is officially season two Press Next Podcast. Welcome back. Yes. Listen, we are excited. We got a lot of good information for you this episode. And we just lit to be back, back recording. That makes sense. Katie just said she's a little nervous. You still a little nervous? It's been a while. It's been a while. What that mean? It's been a while since we recorded. Nervous. It's Katie. Listen, um, we got a lot of new information. So before we even get to the, the episode, we want to talk through a couple of things so that you know what is going on with us. Number one. This is a new season, and we have rebranded. Facts. All of our stuff looks different. Why? Because we are different. No, we're probably the same. Uh, so <laughs> if you have always listened to us, thank you for listening. Thank you for coming back. If you are brand new, we are a weekly podcast about TV shows, films, documentaries, any kind of video media. Um, we just kind of break them down and talk about real-life applications. So if you're a binge watcher who loves to watch shows and talk with your friends and nerd out with your peers, you are in the right place hit the hit the follow button subscribe whatever you need to do we are everywhere wherever you get your podcast we are also on patreon we'll get to that a little bit later anything you want to say um no this is episode 50 episode 50 this is the big 50 wait are we over the hill is that, on, is on that, top is of the that hill? over the hill over the hill i think over that's the hill, over the hill. 51 or I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I'm not that old yet. So. I just know it's black balloons. Oh, oh <laughs> headed to the grave, bro. Headed to the grave. Uh, okay, so we should have had black balloons for this one, but I'm wearing all black, so maybe, and I'm big, so I could be a black balloon. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm festive for the moment right now. Uh, but it is great. I do want to give a disclaimer uh, with the recent things that have been happening in the world and specifically in the news, so things that you know. This episode, we will be talking about firearms and guns, um, obviously in the context of, you know, real life and how we connect them to films and stuff like that. But um, this this topic might be very tough for you. So if that is the case, please, we don't hate you. We love you. You can skip this episode. Come back, you know, next week. Uh, if not, and you want to listen, push through. And the reason why uh, I'm so excited for this is because, Katie, are you a gun expert? Um, I wouldn't say a gun expert, but I was raised around guns and I like shooting. <laughs> She's a good shot. She's better than me. I enjoy firearms as well, but I'm not uh, an expert or a trainer or anything of that sort. So don't ask me to do anything like that. But I have somebody who I know who is a Mavericks fan, unfortunately a Cowboys fan. We're not going to talk about that one. Um, he is a faithful member of our armed forces. So salute to you. A police officer, a firearm instructor, 
So he has knowledge that we don't have. I'm excited about it. And he's just, you know, a regular human, so he loves films and stuff like that. Um, if you are in your car or wherever you're at, if you can clap, don't do this in a coffee shop. Give it up <laughs> for my boy, Jesse Carr. Woo! Welcome, welcome. Corey Katie, thanks. Uh, awesome being on the big uh big five oh big five oh yeah, big, no pressure. The, the big <laughs> rebrand. The black balloon right here, baby. Hey bro, and you're bald, so you know. <laughs> See, you know what I'm hey. saying? Smooth. I'm not <laughs> I'm not popping. Balloon. Bro. I'm not popping. You know what I'm saying? I got a couple balloons on my body, you know, so we good. I'm I was prepared for this. And you think about it is Jesse wearing all black too. That's true. So this was this was Destin. Just the mood. We just knew. This was Destin. I didn't text him and say we're all black, because how weird would that be? For me to text you be like, come to a audio. Uh, <laughs> it'd be it'd be a little weird. It'd be a little <laughs> Yeah. Odd. Yeah, Jesse's actually in the building. So we have a new setup too. Yes, a whole new setup. Typically we've been doing this on um I'm not gonna actually talk about the site we're doing on because me and them have beef right now. Uh, but it is we moved true. No off shout of the, yeah, no, no shout, shout out, bro. No, I'm a I'm a go. Riverside.fm, get y'all shit together. Oh, bro. man, here we go. <laughs> get y'all shit together. And the thing is, it's such a love-hate relationship because I love their product. Bro, they so cold. They have all everything you would need for a virtual podcast setup. Their customer service is... Terrible. It, it's beyond terrible. And they're still like in a young phase of a business, so everything's super glitchy. And then you don't get a fix for forever. So there will be times where we record an episode... And I couldn't get the files fixed for like four days. Well, we supposed to put the episode out in three days. So right. that was anyway. I hope y'all get y'all stuff together. I don't want no bad, you know, no. They're Ill definitely will. listening. They probably are. They, Maybe I don't they know. Definitely if listen you to use Riverside. Podcast. A lot of people do. I see a lot of their marketing. If you use Riverside and it's great for you, that's great. Uh, but they kind of forced us into the space that we are right now. So it's good to have like actual human connectivity yeah i was gonna say this feels good it feels good to be in person and like see people when you're talking because i feel like that makes the conversation just more organic for sure makes it seem a lot more natural what are you watching right now are you watching anything uh yeah you know i actually just started watching lucifer uh, okay like it as the yeah it's entertaining but you know it's Jerry Bruckheimer. That's he's one of the executive producers. So anything that that he does is is usually I've pretty never solid. seen that. Um, I wouldn't say that it's phenomenal, but it's entertaining. Like it's good okay. entertaining. Can me. I watch it while I'm cooking? Absolutely. Okay, it's one of them shows. All right, I'm with yeah. it. I'm with it. Mm. What about you? What are you watching? Below Deck. <laughs> I'm still on my trash TV. Okay, are you wondering what Below Deck is? Yeah, what is that reality TV? It definitely uh, no, is. No, thank you. Next. You belong on Below Deck, definitely. bro. I do. What? Bro, you want to see that a compliment or an insult? No, 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 no. This is 100%, bro. And this is only because I know you. You would be fire on a reality TV show. Like, if there was some, not like cops. I just cause chaos, bro. Like, I just say some. That's what, what it is. That's what you need. You would be fire, bro. You have the disposition. You would be like, that would be perfect. Maybe not below deck. So, below deck is about like a yachting crew. Uh, or like, you know, it's a big yacht and they have a crew and it's like their life, a reality show about their life and their okay. charters or whatever. But everybody on there is dramatic. They're young. <laughs> well, it's reality yeah. TV. I mean, exactly. Right? Like, it has to be drama. Exactly. Exactly. There was, I'm watching the episode. Oh, I can't tell you because Katie's not. I'm watching it too. She got me watching it. You're not caught up. So I can't say what yeah, I want to say. Yeah, don't say it. Uh, dang. Oh, man. But it's really good. So I actually started it on a plane. Watching season six, because that's what was available on the aircraft entertainment or whatever. And then I was like, man, this is so good. I got all my friends watching it. And 
then Corey, who was anti-reality TV, very much he so. was like, I'm not watching this. And I was getting ready for bed one night, and I was like, okay, well, I'm about to put it on, so either you can watch it with me or you can go in the living room because I'm, I'm about to watch it in here. And so he's like, fine, okay, put I'm it on. I'm not going to get up. And so he watches it with me, and at the end of the episode, he's like, you can't watch any more episodes without me. And the next bro, day he came home hooked. and he was like, are I we watching hooked, Below Deck? Bro. I got hooked. <laughs> it's so, it's just so entertaining. It's just like mindless watching. Um, but other than that. Yeah, like real, let's talk like real, like what are you really watching? Not reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Besides oh, reality see, TV. Uh, probably uh, Miss Marvel on Disney Plus. Okay. Mm. I, I like it so far. Oh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, okay. So I, di- I am watching that very, very slowly. I think I just finished episode I haven't even four. started yet, but Corey's watching oh, it. Oh, it's lit, bro. Episode two, the man got to smoke with Darth Vader. That's when I knew we was in for a good season. Yep. When in episode two, they they sparring? Yeah, I need to I I'm need lit. to watch it. I'm not caught oh, up. I guess I'm just on Disney Plus right now. I got my little, um, we do this thing where I'm not going to tell because if somebody do listen and they shut down my account, I'm going to be mad. But definitely, I got all the accounts. That's all I'm going to say. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't out the, your plug. Don't out right. your plug. <laughs> I got other accounts. But you can't watch. What you, Monday, I'm going to do Netflix. Tuesday, I'm going to do Hulu. Nah, bro. So I, I like take a week or like a month. This month, I'm going to be real heavy on Peacock and Disney Plus or whatever. And then next month, I'll be heavy on Netflix or Hulu, whatever. So I think I'm just like super heavy on Disney Plus right now. I don't know why. But Obi-Wan Kenobi and Miss Marvel, I'm hoping Miss Marvel kind of turns up a little bit. But I'm trying to watch all the Marvel stuff. So I don't miss nothing in these big movies. Yeah, yeah. true. Because you know what they be doing now. Because Thor is coming out. Exactly. But And I don't think that will be, even be connected, but you never know. Yeah. Have you seen the new Doctor Strange? Yeah, yes. we saw that. I thought it was... What'd you think? I, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, okay. I'm, oh, behind. Okay. I'm behind. I got to watch it before before Thor comes What about out? Top Gun? You seen Top Gun? I did. Uh-huh. It, was, it was hard, wasn't it? Oh. It was good. Ah! <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Like, it was a good movie. Yeah. It's the military. You... you no, I mean, you were look, like, I'm, uh, a, I'm a realist. Wait, so uh, I need, what branch were you in? The Marine Corps. Oh, okay, you were a Marine. Okay. So, so you were like, Tuh. you can't suspend. Uh, okay, the Navy. It doesn't, it doesn't really. No, no, no. Like, I love, I like, I love planes. Like, it was really cool. I just, I'm a realist. So, stuff I watch, if it, unless it's like super fantasy, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I want it, I need it to be like semi realistic. Yeah. Some of that stuff wasn't super realistic, but what really got me at the end was how you just magically crash a plane and then you can just walk and go to another plane that hasn't been started in like, oh, you know, sure. decades. You and then know, you just jump I was in also like, like, how is he alive? <laughs> that part, right? Like, I was like, Mm. I might have been happier if they had just crashed and died and that was the end of the movie. And it or was just sad. if they would have made it out in a different way. Right. You right. know what I'm saying? That yeah. way was a little like cheesy. I will say that. I, yeah. I ain't gonna lie. Sorry, uh, spoiler alerts, but hey, if you haven't watched it by now. <laughs> you, you've you had time. Yeah, you've yeah. had time. I'm sorry. Uh, but all right, I liked it. And they, they got a lot of money. <laughs> they grossed Whoa. a lot of money. So yeah. shout yeah. out to them. because that. But you know, they might not have spent as much money as you think because I wouldn't be surprised. That's a big recruiting tool for the Navy. So, Bro, they spent like True. $400 million Go Navy. Like Maybe. Did they really? Bro, I'm about That's to look it up right crazy. now, bro. Hold on. I'm not Wait, did you say $400 million? Let me check. Let me check. Let me check. The overall budget for the film? Yeah, man. It was crazy, man. It's crazy. I'm on IMDb Didn't it set right some now. records in the box office, though? It did. But I mean... I mean, you got a big it, cast, too, though. What can, what can you do? We're coming out of the... Uh, 
um, the pandemic. So I'm sure they're going to be setting all kinds all of, kind records. of records. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm tripping. I'll, if not 400 million, 170 million. Wow. Ooh, that's still kind of big, though. Yeah. It made in US and Canada an opening weekend 126 million. It has already grossed almost 800 million. Damn. 800 million. Wow. And almost covered the budget in the opening weekend. That's, yeah. That's, that's crazy. That's no flop, bro. Like That yeah. is crazy. That's crazy. $800 million? You know what I would do? Bro, think about this. This is the biggest part. This is why I love film. Some executive said, <laughs> we'll give you $170 million to create a motion picture that people have to watch. That's how I'm going to get my money back. Is that not crazy? Not the even the crazier part is, it's made over almost eight hundred million. Yeah, that's insane. What? Yeah, people aren't even going to theaters, or at least that's the the trope right now. Man, this be giving me a. I'll be one to make films. I'm an aspiring filmmaker. <laughs> this gives me hope. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a hundred mil to make a film. A hundred mil. Bro, if you give me, if you give me four million, I I promise you, if you gave me four million, and I had the ability to like build a team or whatever, well, four million would let me do that. I can get you twenty for four. I promise you that. Well, sixteen. We can make twenty off of four. I can guarantee that. I feel like I'm on a film Shark Tank right now. Five percent of my business. You can- <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I want royalty. You know, I don't know. you, you know what I'm saying. You can get the marketing. You know, whatever come off the marketing <clears throat> or whatever, you can do that or any other uh, merchandise you can have. But other than that, I need my I need my re-up. We're, God, just give me the four up front. We're also watching or watched and waiting on Stranger Things. Oh yes, did you oh, finish? It was so I did finish. Good. Uh, so good. Yeah, super. I can't wait. It's July seventh or July something. I think July first. Yeah, July first. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I can't wait for the rest of it to drop. I will say I was a little disappointed because how many? It was seven episodes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I felt like they took seven episodes to do what you could have done in like four. I feel you that. You know, somebody just said that. Maybe it was Conan. Somebody just said that. Like, that's the trend now. It's like really these stories, a lot of these stories can be told in like four or five episodes, but the networks will push them for like seven or eight. Yeah, to just draw them out. But I will say in Episode our- seven was a movie. In our um, Discord, here's a plug. Oh yeah, <laughs> join the Discord. Yeah, the um, alert, we were talking about <laughs> we were talking about uh, Stranger Things, and someone was spoiler alert talking about the Russia scene and how they don't really understand. Like it felt like the two Russia part. Like okay. it felt like two different plots oh, but that going me- on. That just means they didn't pay attention to what was happening in the first. Well, seasons. no, no, no. The, I think it's the style and way that they shot it. Right. Like it felt like it's two different uh, shows. Oh, like they're yeah, so yeah. separate that it felt like I'm watching two different shows. So that was one thing that I was curious about, and I didn't. I, I guess I could have looked at this. Do you know if any of the writers changed? Or the director, no, because no, no. It, the, the, I noticed a huge shift in the fourth season. It was very horror like. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Me like, and Corey literally said it felt like we were American watching American Horror, horror Story. Yeah. yeah, like it went from this, you know, like season one, two, and three was. It went from more sci-fi to like horror. Yeah, like very sci-fi, like strange. Right. 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 And then season four, out of nowhere, those death scenes was like 
Good well, God, this is a horror movie. Maybe they can mature it because the kids have matured. So, like, you need something a little bit scarier, right? Maybe. Yeah. That's well, what I'm thinking. And, and I didn't actually hate it. I was just really curious because I was like, man, you know, it was just a shift that I noticed. And I was like, okay, this is... But it did keep me... I was hanging on to every episode of, like, okay, where's the punchline? Where's the punchline? And then at the end of episode seven, I was like, okay, well... You know, right, right. Why did yeah, it take, it take so long like, to get here? But I'm, I still can't wait for the rest of it. Oh, yeah. we still, I still want to watch it. And the same, in one weekend, Hell I'm going to yeah. knock out all whatever episodes is in there and... And talk about it on the uh, in the press nights club. Yeah, we can talk about the club a little bit later. But, anyway. but I I did like about that on a side note because I I forgot in the last two episodes how cool it got seeing everything with eleven and finally putting putting two it and two together. together as far as like what it actually was. Yes. and I guess it's technically like the past, right? Or like some multiverse variation of the past. Mm-hmm. That was really neat to me because the whole time we're sitting there trying to figure out what the hell is this? Like, yeah. like what is even going on here? Yeah. You know, right, you no yeah, yeah, I feel you. It's definitely, it's interesting. It was also a little, I'll reserve my uh, take for. Maybe once this is done, we should. Stranger Things. Do a Stranger Things yeah, we episode. Should just do it. We probably yeah, you will. Should. We'll probably what? do episode by, we might break down this whole season. When it comes out. Yeah, when the rest of it yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's let's shift and get into the nitty gritty. Again, as we said, we are about to talk about um, firearms or guns, whatever you want to call them. So, I guess you can press next if you don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to hear. <laughs> but but um, from here on, uh, that's what we will be talking about. So, as you know, this depending on how you look at it. It's an issue in our world today, Absolutely. right? Um, but also, they're very near and dear to our culture and have been since forever, um, which is probably the hardest part about changing anything with them. So given your experience and stuff, tell us a little bit more about your tenure and your experience in law enforcement. How did you make it to where you're at right now? What's your kind of story into where you're at? Yeah, so I, my career in law enforcement actually started with me as a corrections officer for the state of Texas in a maximum security prison. So Dang. imagine little oh. old Jesse at 20 years old, white kid that grew up in East Texas, <laughs> you know, pre-military. Hey, shout out. Yeah, yeah, shout out to the country. <laughs> uh, you know, so so I go in at 20 years old, and, and I, I worked um, as a corrections officer for about five months before I joined the Marine Corps Reserve. Dang. Um, so that was my kind of introduction into law enforcement, joined the Marine Corps reserve, you know, go on active duty to, to do my training and, and stuff like that. And then that's when I came back and I started as a, um, 911 dispatcher, did that for about two and a half years. And then I've been, a, been actually a police officer for, um, six years. Dang. And in that, and in that time, like I've been as a, as a police officer, I've gotten to do some really neat things. Like I've, I've gone to SWAT school. Um, I'm on our crisis response team. I, I'm a firearms instructor. So I don't know if I'd say I'm an expert at firearms, but <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, know what the um, I don't know how we. I, I feel as if, if you're an instructor, you're as expert as expert gets. You right. know what I mean? Like you, you have the knowledge at least to be to be able to safely instruct somebody else, right? Truth, truth. So, so you know, I I understand uh, how to make the gun fire and how to teach <laughs> someone how to fire the gun. Uh, wouldn't say that I'm and a nerd when it comes it. to gun science, right? Right. 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 Uh, yeah, I don't know if I would ever be that. I know a couple people who are. Oh yeah, they can tell you everything about the inner workings and the you know science and ballistics and right. all that jazz. For sure, 
obviously in the first part of us talking, it's very evident you are just like every other human and every other listener. You watch TV shows, movies, and stuff. So, um, was there any? I've always been interested for people who you know in their career if they felt if they felt like they watched a movie that inspired their like oh. I want to be a firefighter because I watched this movie. I want to play baseball because I saw 42. You know what I'm saying? Like, do you have any of those moments? If not, is there any film that, like, inspires you? Um, yeah, so I wouldn't say that I have one of those movies for law enforcement. Um, I definitely have a movie, and it's kind of silly, but I definitely have a movie that about that, that and it's related because it, it got me into the Marine Corps. Uh, I'd always wanted to go into the military from a young age. Or at least I thought I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if you remember. It's the movie. I think it's called Act of Valor. Oh, on yeah. Netflix, yeah, yeah. The one where they actually had yeah. like real Navy SEALs. And I swear they had a video game for that too. Uh, I think they do. Yeah. I think there is. I think there is one like that. Yeah. And I literally like I. It, it's not super related, but I like I'd always wanted to go in the military. And then I was kind of going back and forth. Couldn't decide what I wanted to do. And then I watched that movie and I was like, all right, it's, it's time this to stop screwing sign. around. Right. Like I, I just like I have to go in. And then two weeks later. I enlisted and was sworn in. Are you serious? Yeah. Two weeks so was, later? So, because it was really interesting. I, I couldn't figure out what branch I wanted to go into. And I actually, I found a letter that I'd written when I was 12. I'd written a letter. It was in the height of the invasion of Iraq. And yeah. I sent a letter with two uh, soldiers who were deployed in Iraq. Oh, was like, somehow I had, somehow had a copy of this letter for some weird reason. And in it, at 12, I said, oh, I want to join the Marine Corps when I grow up. And I had no recollection of this. What? I had no idea. So I was like, all right cool you know god whoever whatever yeah. you, wanna, you know whatever you believe in i was like all right there's the sign so yeah I was that's awesome kind of random and wild but you know like through that and then that you know and that kind of i guess segues into you know stuff with firearms because then you know like i've been in the in the marine corps reserve for eight years and i mean sh- shot and been around anything from pistols and rifles to machine guns to right you know dropping two thousand pound bombs on on stuff out of airplanes and you know that's helicopters that's and, so dope you know yeah that's wild i i feel like you know how they always say like oh military training is so crazy um especially when we talk about the gun argument right so people will talk about um god do i want to use it i'm gonna say it when you use the term quotation gun control people will always talk about those who are like for gun control or some sort of training or whatever um you know, they want to raise the age limit or whatever. And they say, well, people can go into the military at 18. The common, like, res- like, rebuttal I hear to that is, oh, well, you know, they're heavily trained in the military. But what does that, I don't know what that training looks like. So I'm so glad that you brought this up because this has been something that I've been passionate about and been on my mind, especially with that take, right? The whole, like, the gun control take and, oh, well, at 18 years old, you can join the military and you can go right. die for your country, you know, and you have guns and all that stuff. Uh, the one thing that I don't think people understand about that is, one, what what goes into that training, but two, uh, I can probably count on one hand the amount of times. Now, now, mind you, I'm talking in a context outside of a combat zone, mm-hmm. right. right? So in a combat zone, everything is, is completely different um, right. for the most part. And, and, and now, for the most part, we, we don't have... You know, we're not at war like we were right. 20 years ago, right? Uh, I can count on one hand the amount of times in the military outside of a combat zone that I was allowed to have a gun and an ammo and ammo in combination where I was not strictly supervised. That's so, wild. 
What's yeah. interesting in that, that to me is, is like everybody runs around and they're like, oh, well, you know, these 18, 19, 20 year olds are just running around with assault rifles, or, you know, M16, M4s, you know, whatever yeah. automatic weapons with ammo. Well, no. I mean, I, there were most times and I was in I have two MOSs, two, two jobs in the Marine Corps. Both of them are combat jobs. So if I didn't have a weapon, if I wasn't blowing something up or shooting at a target that, you know, I, I wasn't really doing my job. Mm -hmm. But I was never allowed to have ammo and guns in combination unless I was being directly supervised by someone else. And the amount That's of people who did, it was very, very rare. They were either specially trained or they were specific guards guarding, you know, specific areas. But this kind of concept or idea mm. of like, oh, we just have 18 year olds running around with, you know, AR guns type rifles. To their back. You know, you know <laughs> and they're running around. No, I mean, I, and now, and you know, make no mistake, we would, you know, go out and do live fire exercises and things like that. But even in those moments, you have safety officers with you who are strictly supervising you. And then you have safety officers who are also armed right. in the event that someone does something crazy rogue, or, or yeah. you know, goes insane. But, you know, I've, I've watched people, I, I've seen, and I, I've never been deployed in combat, I've seen more people get shot in training exercises by on accident than I Interesting. have in real life. That's not making me feel comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> That's not I mean, it, it's good because, you know, like, you know, we, we do, um, you know, we do training as realistic as possible to where those things are happening. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not good that they're happening, right. obviously, right? But, um, I mean, that's... I guess that's where you would want it to happen in training, maybe. I guess, because it's more it, of a controlled environment. Right, right. But, you know, and, and, and that's the right word for it, right? It In the military, for us, that's a controlled environment. Right. Those, you know, when, when, when we have... If you're not in active combat. If you're not in active yeah. combat, you're in a controlled environment where you have guns and ammo, right? Unless right. you're on a specific security detail or, 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 you know, specifically guarding something. But that's not necessarily always, you know, your average person and right. and there's several backstops in place to you know keep you from um having both of those things in combination i mean we'd we'd have you know when you're in boot camp you anytime you handle weapons and ammo they would literally come through and patch you down and search you as if you were in jail yeah right to make sure that you didn't have rounds still on you i guess they they're responsible good. for you so what would what would the benefit of like you said you couldn't have ammo and a firearm like together, like on you, I guess, at any time. But I'm trying to figure out when would you ever just be walking with an unloaded weapon? They would they would do it to us all the time for training purposes. So so really just to get you used to so in holding certain, that depending on what your job is, but but like for us in boot camp, right? Boot camp is 13 weeks long. That's what every for the Marine Corps, that's what everybody that's goes through. That's too damn long, boy. <laughs> and you do stuff where you just and because they're they're trying to instill in you uh that your rifle is a part of you, right? So everywhere you go, mm. you're supposed to take your weapon with you. You're supposed to right. handle it safely at all times. You're supposed to treat it like it's loaded at all times. And it's supposed to be, you know, we get really cheesy with it, you know, in the sense of like, oh, this is my rifle. You know, it's my best friend, blah, blah, right. you know, all that is stuff. Is that like a chant or something? There, I was about to say, there's, there's a whole, there's this is my rifle, like this is my gun. Like, I don't even, it's, it's you know, but, but even to the point, like, you'd have to sleep with it. Like, we'd go on field exercises and you're in a sleeping bag and you're, sliding your rifle in that sleeping bag with you to mm. you know cuddle well it. and i guess it right. also gets you more comfortable with guns like because even if i knew a gun was unloaded i would never want to slide it into a sleeping bag with me because i'm just not that comfortable you know yeah i guess if you get into training yeah that's just i don't know i've i've always just wondered like 
what we say that all the time, like, oh, they get all this training. I'm like, but what does that actually mean? But to put like a vision to, oh, they make you without ammo carry your weapon all the time everywhere so that you know you have a uh, reverence, I guess you can say would be like the good word uh, of the power that you're wielding. Right. Absolutely. Versus, oh, it's just so, I feel like it's wild. And you remember you're, you're 30, right? Correct. Okay. So I'm wow. 31. Thanks. Put me on blast. Ain't nothing wrong with me. Hey man, the thirties <laughs> is great, man. Don't let nobody, don't let nobody tell you they not. It's perfect. You healing all the trauma and dumb shit you did when you was in the twenties. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're more stable. True. You, hey, the best thing about thirty for me was I know how to tell everybody no. Truth. In my twenties, I couldn't do that. Now, don't if I ain't with it, bro. I'm not with it. I'm cool with it. Um, but I remember sadly when Columbine happened, like vividly. Yeah. And that was like the first big like, boo-ha-ha. Yep. And they immediately went to. Blaming it on video games, right? <laughs> yeah. Was, you remember that? Yeah. Okay. So they immediately well, blamed it on. I don't necessarily remember. Uh, but you remember that, that, happened, that being yeah. like a, you've seen documentaries. Like, yeah. Right. So as a video game player, I was like, man, that's some BS. Because I didn't play video games. I don't want, you know, videos before, video games before, and never wanted to kill nobody. So it can't be that, right? But my parents, bro, they like, Stopped us from being able to play certain games. 007 Goldeneye. Oh, bro. Wait, wait. On what system, though? Nintendo 64. Oh, hell yeah. Yes, bro. Paintball mode, but every mode, but yeah. No, okay, but why the paintball mode? (laughs) It was just fun to mess around with. But what was the... I think it was was the... Oh, Slaps? You ever play Slaps yes, on that? Bro. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I used to get down with 64 on... (laughs) But, fam, I'm about to tell a story. Sorry, Jeremy. Jeremy's my brother. We couldn't play that game in the house, bro. We couldn't play it. My, my, my parents were like, no shooters. We're like, bro, it's a game. We And the cool thing about 007, remember this? You can turn the blood off. You know, when you kill somebody, the blood cannot yeah, 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 yeah. You, you can, can turn, turn it you off. You can turn it off. That's yeah. right. That's right. So we were trying to plead with our parents like, oh, my gosh. You're like, nah. These See, games, why people going out shooting people? That's where paintball mode comes into effect. You take away the blood. You change it to paintball mode. And then you say, hey, we're just playing paintball. It's still it's a gun. Boy, it's still a gun. My mom wouldn't let me go paintball. None of that. So we had to do everything on the slide. So we had traded a game. To get 007, we would play it on the slick. Bro, my mom figured out. It was actually me, though, right? I traded it with a next-door neighbor, and my mom figured out, like, maybe, like, a couple months later that we were playing that game. And But it was because Jeremy. Jeremy was not playing it in the in the safe ways that we had told him <laughs> to play this game. He didn't have he, he wasn't right? paintball slick mode. Enough. Paintball mode was not right. activated. He wasn't, he wasn't playing within the parameters, right? So he got busted, and I'll never forget... Jeremy trying to snitch on me, like, oh, it wasn't me. I'd have been a game man. And Matt was like, bro, just take the L. <laughs> Matt, he, my brother Matt was like, bro, just take the L. So Jeremy took the L for that. But I say all that to say, do you feel like I watch a lot of movies? I watch a lot of action movies. Katie gets mad at me at nighttime because the guns just be loud as hell. And she'd be waking Facts. up like, what's her what's your favorite phrase at nighttime? Can you turn that down? <laughs> <laughs> bro, the volume be on nine. I can't go much lower before I just can't You're hear like, nothing. Put, put some headphones. But in. you know when you, you know when you are asleep and everything just seems way louder than it actually is. That's all it is. Or I'll be watching old movies and the sound I, design is so crazy that the uh, the dialogue is like real low. Yeah, you got to turn up for like the dialogue and then something turn crazy down happens. For You're like, turn else. that yep. shit down, then you got to go right I back up. I always roll over and I'm like, can you turn that down? But I say all that to say, do you feel like? 
I'm not going to use, I guess it's media technically, uh, but I'm going to be specific. Do you feel like with, like, like films have romanticized um, gun violence? And if they have, has that, is there any correlation between that and the increased gun violence in our country? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great question. Of course, you know, I can sit here and, and give my opinion and talk about this as, you know, I'm not a psychologist, right? Like, you know, like I'm not, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a researcher, but it, but it's interesting because you can do a quick Google search and you can see, you know, what is the American uh, Psychological Association saying? Like, like what is, what are the debates, right? Because for every opinion, every, every scientific opinion that you have or theory about this, there's going to be another, you know, 30 more that, mm-hmm. that, that, sure. that disagree with it, right? Um, and I was actually looking at a couple things because personally, I think so. Like I, I take the side of, um, you know, I don't necessarily, it, it's hard to quantify how much, right. Um, right. but I definitely think it influence it, influences it and, and affects it. And I mean, it, what's, what's interesting to me and, and one of the things, and, and some of this stuff is it's weird with psychology because usually with psychology, we're about 20 years behind, right? Right. Like we're Always. looking at Trying stuff study, and we're like, Oh, yeah. well, this study conducted in the nineties or in the early 2000s yeah. or in the you well, know, it's 80s. Like you have to, right. Cause then it's like. It's not science if you don't. You can't get the, the yeah. data, yeah. Data. Exactly. Um, but one thing that I found kind of interesting uh, about this was, and and I I'm not, I won't you know say all of these associations, but the American Medical Association, the American Psychological Association, uh, they took a joint statement to the White House in I think it was 2000, um, and basically say said, hey, there's over a thousand studies um, that point overwhelmingly to the connection between media. Uh, violence and then aggressive behavior in mm, some children and, and drew that direct question. And, and that was in 2000, right? Yeah. Um, and there's one guy who uh, uh, wrote, he's a psychologist and he's retired from the military and he wrote two books. Um, and, you know, and again, right, for every book that's out there, there's, you know, 30 Eight other opinions other, yeah. that, right. that, you know, that differ, right? But he wrote two books, one called On Combat and one called On Killing. And he literally in those, he looks at how combat and, and how killing directly correlates to human beings and, and how that affects us psychologically. And part of his premise is, is that humans are not inherently violent. Like, right. we're not naturally I feel the same way, bro. Violent. Like, I think we can be if we have to, but I don't think that that's like, I think we do much more love and connection yeah. than, like, Killing somebody, I think we right. we have it in us to do so for like ultimate protection. But like, I don't think it's like just. Uh, but you can like train it in somebody for sure. Oh, absolutely, and it's interesting, and 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 I would even if even if somebody reads them dis- disagrees with them, I would encourage them to read those books because he talks about that specifically because his writing is kind of geared towards military and law enforcement from the standpoint of, hey, how do you survive the psychological uh, effects of killing someone? Also, how do you prepare yourself psychologically to kill someone yeah. should you need to, yeah. right? Um, That's a tough thought, boy. Yeah. That's it, it, crazy. But he, he brings, um, he, you know, he, he talks about that stuff. Uh, and, I mean, to me, it's just, even if you kind of disagree with some of it, it's just super fascinating to right. look at, you know, and, and to learn about, uh, especially from, from that standpoint. And he actually also has a book specifically about school shootings. Really? Um, because he was kind of becoming big and making a name for himself in this field, uh, kind of like during, like before Columbine and then, and then obviously, you know, right after Columbine. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he has a book where he talks specifically about school shootings and, and how violence 
you know, in, in kids and, and all of that yeah. kind of connects to each other. That's Dang. super interesting. I also wonder, and this is just like my mind kind of going down a rabbit hole, but I think that beyond what is seen in the media and in video games, those are also an escape from connection with people. So then you're not getting that human connection. You're able to just kind of disconnect. And so then you don't really have an outlet for anger or for um, frustration with people. And so you just kind of, and you know, it just I'm kind of riles up. And Yeah, and I'm so glad that you said that because one of the interesting uh, one of the, I guess, dissenting opinions or counter opinions towards uh, Grossman's this author his his points in this is he says, well, you this this doesn't this research doesn't necessarily count for someone who might already be predisposed, yeah, right. to to violence, right? Or someone it doesn't account for home life or family right. life yeah. or or anything like that, right? So it's really easy for us to say, oh, it was the video game that made him violent. Well. You know, when when you have a, a child who's being abused, abused, yeah, you know, right. already. But to to Katie's point, and I was literally looking at this today, and this was um, one of the things that goes with that, right? Well, like, what are and it, it's a it's a whole list of of bullet points of um, when kids and adolescents get too involved in video games. What do they do? Well, less time socializing with friends and family. They mm-hmm. have poor social skills. Uh, you know, lower grades, less reading, less exercise, all things that I think go into it. Contribute to violence. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So, and this is hard. And, and I, you know, in, in thinking like if we're going to talk some of these active shooter situations um, that we've seen recently is the hard part with this is we want one, we want a singular blame, right? Of course we want an easy, like we want one person. It's this person's fault. Right. Right. So if we're going to talk Uvalde, we want, Oh, it's that ISD police chief, that mm. incident commander. This is all his fault. We want one person to blame. Yeah. But then on top of that, we want a singular solution. That's right. true. All, we we want to be able to say, oh, you know, Democrats, Republicans get together. We're gonna we're gonna come up with one single legislative piece that's gonna solve all our problems. Right. Uh, the hard part with this shit is it it's, it's super not, complex. Yeah. Man, because I'm, there's so much that goes into it. For sure. And I feel like, because I'm gonna get your thoughts on that, like where you want to go with that. But even then, it's like. I'm at the point where, for me, I'm like, bro, just try something. Right. Like, just try Anything, something. yeah. If, even if it means that in 10, 15 years we've seen that stuff has held steady, I don't think it get any worse because one is too many, right? So, like, right. if it held steady, then that wasn't a thing that can work. Then we know, like, okay, we put that in, we implemented it. That just really didn't. Well, nothing. I mean, and, and 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 I agree with that, and even to the point of what was it a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, we changed the legal age to buy tobacco in Texas to twenty one. Mm-hmm. How the hell can you still go out there and buy an assault rifle at eighteen, uh, bro? I have no but, idea, but not tobacco and not alcohol. Well, I right. feel that way about so many things that are so backwards. You can drive a car at sixteen, but you can't get a rated R movie ticket. That's true. You feel me? You like, can drive you yourself to yeah. the movies. I can but... drive, potentially harm myself and others, but I can't watch something that I'm going to ingest myself. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe because it'll cause gun violence. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So to me, it's just, bro, there's so many of these, I recognize it's a very complex like problem, and I don't ever have the answer. And that's the thing that I feel like, um, I'm, I'm always very open about this. I am neither Democrat nor Republic, uh, Republican, Republic. 
uh, I have never voted straight party on a ticket ever. Yep. Yeah. We always do research on different candidates that we love and would like to put our support behind, and we're going to vote for that person. Right. I don't even know if you're independent or not. It doesn't matter. But what I hear, the rhetoric I hear all the time when I'm talking about, I'm very passionate about this. This upsets me. Because I want to have a child. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to want to have a child and... I grew up in a school that was like, it was a safe school. Only thing I had to really worry about was maybe getting beat up by like a bully or something, right? Mm-hmm. But I didn't have to worry about dying. I didn't have to buy a bulletproof right. backpack or none of that stuff. Yeah. Right. Then they try to ask me, the when I bring up all good points, valid points that could, hey, you know, whatever, they say, oh, well, uh, what's the solution? What's the solution? And I'm like, bro, I don't, I'm not a politician. And I'm sure even the politicians are saying the same shit, right? Like, right. Yeah. I just don't know, especially because they're trying to, the problem is we're trying to please everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like. Well, we're trying to please everybody, but on the same hand, there's no accountability. Right. Right. There's no accountability. And, and, and again, it, you know, the accountability piece is hard because it, it's not a singular, right? Like it's not just, hey, throw this one person in jail. Mm-hmm. But at some point we, we have to start having accountability uh, collectively. Right. For sure. It, you know, it, it has to be, a, you know, accountability. And, and I don't necessarily want to use a, a specific example um, for this, but it's like there has to be accountability for, uh, you know, the the family or or people. If we're going to talk Uvalde, yeah. right, people who saw those social media posts before they didn't say nothing, and didn't say anything. People right. who saw him carrying around a bag of dead cats and didn't say anything. Right. There has to be. A yeah, that should have been clue that's, number that's one. That's a huge red flag, right? <laughs> there has to be accountability for you know, the, the school and, and, you know, the security of the school, like, right. like, you know, but again, that, that goes back to, we want to pick, wanna we want a singular someone. solution right. and, and we want a, a singular, you know, blame. My well, gosh. and I don't even think that gun control is the singular solution because I think that I honestly do not foresee our society getting any better without changing things that we do in everyday life. Like we are not, we as humans are not meant to sit behind a computer screen for eight hours straight and just sit no. there. We're not meant to, you know, just work and come home and sit in front of the TV at home. Like the new thing that people are saying is go outside and touch grass. Like we are meant Somebody to be me amongst other people. Uh. And I think that we're just getting more and more isolated. And unfortunately, as much as I love working from home, I knew that for myself, I needed to go back into an office. Like I do not thrive working from home. I enjoy it, but I need to be around people. I cannot be by myself nine hours a day and then only be around Corey and Dang. nobody else. Bro, no, she's, she's straight no, called you out. Dang, that's crazy. y'all. Before this be all started, she was trying to get you out of the apartment. She, did. she, <laughs> she, was, bro. she told me, man, it's just wild, man. Oh my gosh, whatever. But like, I need to socialize with people. I need to be around people. I feed off of other people's energy. And so, okay, Vecna. And we're all, we're all meant like as people, we are meant to be around other people. Like that's why there were tribes and well communities that's why we yeah so if we look at anything there's no singular community that has ever like survived in the history of human beings right Mm -hmm. like we all thrive off of being around each other even when we talk about hunters and gatherers it's always something and something right people do something for each other and i think that with the isolation it just breeds selfishness yeah all of that bro it's so hard for and i'm not gonna lie and be like i'm holding now like i'm not selfish i'm selfish too 
But I would have a hard time, even in protecting and defending my home and family, taking somebody's life. Like yeah. that would be, yeah. that's tough for me because not only do I value my life, I understand the value of other human lives, not only to me, but to other people. Yep. So I'm like, that's like super last resort to me. Even if I shot you, you broke into my house, I'll be trying to like save you. <laughs> right, <laughs> I'm like, right. please don't die. I want you to live. I just had to stop. I'm just trying you. to take a kneecap yeah, out. To, yeah, but you know, <laughs> Katie's the good shot. Me, <laughs> don't, don't get me, in, me into those conversations about warning shots and, you know, right. specifically aiming for somebody's leg. Because you know that you are an instructor. Bro, I tell people this all the time. It's the same thing, same conversation. People be acting when they talk about arming teachers, right? We should arm teachers. And I'm not saying I'm even necessarily against that. What I'm saying is I have a background also in crisis management. Doesn't have to do with firearms. But I've seen people get put in a situation and they thought they were something in a situation, froze up, can't think, heart is beating too fast, about to pass out, wouldn't be able to hit a, a target if they tried to. Well, and, and let's like take a side note on that for a second, because this is what I always say when people bring up that saying, you know, when anybody says, well, arm the teachers, you know, yeah. we need or or put veterans Outside the school, or, yeah. or put military, you know, yeah, service members inside. And the you're school from East or, Texas, or so I'm sure you see it a lot. Uh, in, oh yes, on Facebook because that's oh, all yes. my Facebook is. Uh, but my answer to that is one, you know, and, and again, like I say, like I've never been in, I've never been to, I've never been deployed to combat. Mm -hmm. I have several close friends from the Marine Corps, and I served in environments and around people who were all the time. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I can't necessarily give you a statistic, but there are way less of them than there are more that I would trust to be in a school with a firearm. Yeah. Right? Now, if we're going to look at some of these situations that have occurred and we're going to bring into question the actions of police officers and what they've done and what they have not done, we're talking about people who have way more training in using firearms and in, in, in deadly force situations than teachers. Right. And we're complaining about the inaction that they took and things they did not do. For sure. But we're going to just be like, oh, but the solution is to give a teacher who gets That's eight a hours good of training point. a the pistol. cognitive dissonance, bro. That's a good point. I hadn't even really even thought about it Me in either. that way. Me either. But that much is like, that like, hit home. If all of if, if you're going to complain and say those 19 police officers in that hallway did not do their job. What, what makes you think what that makes a you teacher think that can. some teacher yeah. with a tiny and a, a fraction of the training that those police officers had, a fraction of the training the police officers had, the teacher's going to do anything different? Hell Bro, no. on top of the fact that they got students rallying them up all day, these badass kids, they having to do all their lesson plans. Shout out to all the teachers because I know a lot of teachers, and their job ain't easy. The last thing I'm thinking about is I got to get the kids safe, all the kids. And then also how feasible is that for, like, let's say kindergarten? You're going to get a bunch of kindergartners to, like, be quiet, get in a corner, and then at the same time, hey, you stay over there while I go by the door in case the gunman comes so I can fire my shot. It just don't logically make... Some of the stuff we really just... I'm talking to y'all. Some of the stuff we really got to just think about. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to sort of make sense, right? But I, I do want to backtrack a little bit to... In court, you kind of made the point, and Katie did too. Wind it up. Uh, <laughs> this... Have you ever heard of the hyper-reality effect? No. Maybe. Okay, so... Basically, like, and, and this ties into how do we get to this point of of violence? You know what? Like we talk about media, whether it's TV, movies, mm -hmm. video games, uh, and the hyper reality effect is is essentially when people 
they start to think of the hyper real as more meaningful than the uh, thing or event that it relates to. Mm. And so explain that a little bit more. So the way that I interpret that and and what that means to me is we basically start to give more validity. Like we find meaning, like we find things more meaningful that aren't real than how it relates to like what is actually real. So for instance, like what Katie was saying about, Hey, you knew that you, you wanted to like go be in the office and, and not work from home and be around people. Right. So we, we get so infatuated with and, and fantasized with, with, uh, TV and movies and, and, you know, come home and play video games that we start to see the hyper real, right. The things mm-hmm. that aren't real as more meaningful than the, the reality like really that it doing. actually yeah. relates to. Yeah. So we right? getting lost in the sauce. Like, so it's almost as, I mean, right. Like you stayed, wanting your life to be like the movie you saw and not realizing that like, yeah. Life and then is you happening just, or in front you just of you. get in, you just get in, ingrained in, or engulfed in this idea of like, you know, like let's take stranger things. You just start watching Stranger Things, and and then Stranger Things becomes reality to you. And right. it becomes more real than what it relates to. I mean, it, like, case in point is Ready Player One. Right. Oh, 100%. Right. Great bro. book. Awesome movie. Movie fire. I watched it on a plane for the first time coming back from uh, Seattle. And pff, solid, fire, solid movie. Bro. Love that movie. Like, I, I, I've watched that movie a million times. Um, but... That's a perfect example of it. Yeah. Why did people go into and and play that so much? Because it was better than their reality. Than their reality. Right? It became, yeah. You know. Um, and I mean, so, given their situation, I'd probably be doing the same. But they could also be spending time trying to fix their situation. Right. And you haven't seen Ready Player One. I haven't. We gotta watch uh, it because it's fire. Go ahead and cut that mic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. I, I thought wanna... this was a podcast about film and TV shows. No, and but you haven't seen the... Ready Player One. I know, and That's I kind of his... want to read it first before I watch it. Movie Club Book uh, Book Club. Yeah, Movie Club Book Club. There we go. Um, yeah, she's a huge reader, so you know what I'm saying. She grew up outside. That's what I tell her. She grew up outside. We'll, we'll just start I grew a book up inside, podcast. You know, uh, books right. and guns. There we go. Hey, and how hey. we and how we escaped East Texas. That's right. How we escaped. <laughs> oh, that that'll be its own separate Listen, podcast. That mug. You know how many uh, listeners y'all get? Let um, me get a piece of your ass. Let's go ahead and talk about East Texas real quick and guns. So Hell Corey, yeah, brother. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell a story real quick. Well, oh, bro, I'm about sorry. To get, I have ahead, to bring bro. this up. I have to this bring this up. So right. the first time that Corey came home with me. Mm. to meet my family was Easter weekend, right? And so, you know... You my better da- tell the story good, too. My dad trying to figure out, like, how how we can connect, how, like, this isn't going to be awkward. <laughs> so my dad's like, let's go shoot some guns back on our land. Corey's like, hell yeah, let's shoot guns. Like, this is so cool. I like guns. He likes guns. This is going to be a great way for me and her dad to connect. So my dad has this new gun, like brand new. And he's like, hey, Corey, you want to shoot this? You want to try it out? So I'm talking pristine. My dad's probably shot it one time. So Corey lays down and he's got the, I'm not, I'm sure this is a rifle. Like standing up. Oh, I thought you were laying down. Nah, I'm sure that was standing up. Like I'm about to. Let me let me rain the scope. Do you remember what kind it was? Um, it was a rifle. I know it was. But. Um, dang, I can't remember off the top of my head. But I'm like, I'm gonna impress him because I'm gonna shoot I'm gonna it text and then him I'm and gonna ask gonna, him. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the scope in. You know what I'm saying? Get the scope perfect. Man. And so, <laughs> so Corey shoots right, 
And he turns around to look at. Well, I saw it like three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So then he gets up and he turns turns around to look at me, my dad, and my stepmom standing there. And we all go, ooh. <laughs> Katie's like, oh my God. I'm like, what? Corey thought he was sweating. This man got scope bit. Oh, and his it, forehead oh, was open, his bro. forehead was split wide open. Mind you, this is the day before Easter. Easter at church. Easter with the whole family in small town East Texas. In small town East Texas, I'm bringing my black boyfriend with me to church. <laughs> <laughs> it's already the talk of the town, bro. I had to drive to the next city to get stitches. Yeah, yeah, because we don't have a hospital in London, so we had to drive to the next town to get stitches and then of course we show up to the family function and everybody's like oh did did katie's dad beat you up <laughs> can't take a city boy can't take a city country. boy to the country <laughs> everybody like, said that rookie mistake haven't shot a rifle, a rifle in a long time but also i mean i feel like in those who i've seen get scope bit it's been like devastating like they it, like it was bad I must have just got like kissed or something. I didn't even feel it. That's crazy. You didn't notice. No, I'm just I'm chambering another round, and I turn around. Yeah, he around had no I, idea he was bleeding. I'm turning around. I think I'm sweating. I did this, and I turn around. And they're like, "Yo, what?" I'm like, "What?" Yeah, it was split open. <laughs> he had like seven stitches to the oh. white meat, man. If you went like this, you could have saw my brain. You could saw what I was thinking at that, <laughs> at that very moment. You could have saw what was on my mind at that very moment. Oh, man, that was funny, though. And your scar is healed very nicely. It has been, and that's actually, that's it's not a big, crack. it's not, it wasn't a big cut, but she wanted it to heal nicely since it was like in the middle of his eyebrows. <laughs> she was like, um, let's right just go here. ahead and put more. That way it heals better. So. Shout out to whoever did my stitches. That's why. Yeah, so, she did get it. It It's healed no, nicely. I, I will never let you fire a rifle. You said what? I won't ever let you fire a rifle. Oh, man. Oh, we're firing this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm going to let y'all have that one, bro. I'm, we'll, keep, we'll keep you on the pistol range. I'm, tra- I'm traumatized. Nah, man, wait. I got video. Yeah, hey, funny thing is, I'm nice with the AR, too. <laughs> Go hog hunting, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but listen, I, even with that, oh, we want to get to the AR conversation, you know. Anyway, no, nah, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. I have a... Um, I texted my dad to see what kind of gun it was. I'll Perfect. I'll update you. Maybe he I don't know, he probably still never shoot it. It's funny too because they like you know they so country that like don't even use binoculars right. They be on their land like hey you see that deer? I'm like oh no I don't see it. They just hand the gun over and they look through the scope like oh yeah I see him. <laughs> oh, come on bro. Hey hey we do that in the Marine Corps too though. <laughs> That's what I'm saying bro like when you around guns you around guns you yeah. know and like for for me. Uh, and knowing that that's they they hunt all the time, they grew up around uh, firearms. I feel comfortable around them. I've been around with them with firearms. I feel I feel comfortable. But that's another argument, another topic for another day. Anyway, so in the wake of Uvalde and more fitting, Alec Baldwin. If, if if you are not aware of this, I don't know where you have been, but on the set of his movie, um, rest in peace to I forgot what her name was. I'm so sorry for forgetting her name, but. Uh, she was the DP, and the firearm went off. She passed. Another person was injured. Well, let's just, I'll, I'll just, because this is one of my pet peeves, and I'll tell you right now, right? Firearms don't just go off. Okay, I'll, okay. Right? I'm just, there we go. There we go. That's, we getting and, there. No, and, and that's like, that's the first, to me, like, that's the first thing 
that we have to, it always drives me insane when people are like, oh, it accidentally went off or like, you know, it just, it, it went off. It's like, nah, it there's only, like, there's only one way that guns fire and it's by the trigger being pulled. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You know? Um, so with that being said, knowing that they, for some stupid reason, still use live firearms on sets. But really, I think what I take from this is in Hollywood, they use guns and stuff on, um, on, on set. They also, I've, I've been to some of your trainings. The, the guns be looking real, even though they got like paint stuff in it. Um, and my point is how, how important is it for people who are just like regular citizens to be, if you're going to own a firearm, how important is it for you to have some sort of formal training? Should that be important? What are your thoughts on that? Oh, it's super important. Um, I, I get really like one of my soapboxes is, is, is this, you know, and and again, like constitutional carry and license to carry is, you know, that's a whole right. other debate, you know, altogether. Um, but one thing that I get, you know, really, really argumentative about is, uh, this idea of like when people talk about, Oh, you know, buying guns with, with safes, like actual, like safeties on the guns and then people who are going to carry them, whether you're carrying it in your car or you're going to keep it you know, next to your bed or you're going to carry it concealed or open carry it, you know, around. And you'd be surprised the amount of people who do that or own guns and they will tell you, oh, yeah, but I don't carry with a round in the chamber. Mm. And when I was younger and and getting into law enforcement and and starting to appreciate and and, and experience and and really to to starting to practice gun safety and using guns, I, I... that didn't really stand out to me. Right. And now with the experience that I have and, and you know, teaching people and, and things like that is I've learned <clears throat> the only people who don't like carrying with rounds in the chamber, right? You're, you have a round chambered, so if that trigger gets pulled, the gun goes off, are people who lack confidence. Mm. And then to me, that tells me right there, you don't need you a gun in the first place. Right. Right. And, and so, <clears throat> you know, and again, that obviously, right, this isn't about... Um, you know, having a license to carry or, you know, or anything like that. But the reality mm-hmm. of having a gun is if you're not prepared to kill someone, you don't need to have that gun right. as a safety resource. Now, if, if you right. live on, on land or you're going to go hunting or, or use it as a tool like that, that's a totally different conversation. Right. But if you you say, hey, I want to buy a pistol for home defense, but I want to keep the gun locked in my safe and I want to keep the ammo up on the top shelf of my closet, I'm going to look at you and tell you you're crazy. Right. Because the minute that you realize somebody's inside your house or your apartment, you're not going to have the time to go get the ammo, load the ammo into the magazine, load the gun, and then defend yourself. Yeah. On the same hand, the amount of times you see crazy things happen because people try to use their their guns to threaten someone to get them to stop doing Mm -hmm. something or anything like that. The reality is is, if you're using a gun in self-defense, you have to pull it out with the understanding that you're you're going to kill someone. yeah. Yeah. Like, like that has to be, and I think a lot of times people don't have that conversation when it comes to self-defense. Hey, Corey, it's great you have a gun. Are you ready to shoot and kill someone who comes into your apartment at mm-hmm. 2 o'clock in the morning? I'll pull it for Katie. But uh, I, like I said, if if whoever's on the ground still gurgling and talking, I'm going to be trying to save them, bro, because my psyche can't handle that, bro. Like, my psyche is ready to protect, and I'll do whatever I need to do to protect. But if there was a moment where the threat was, you know, neutralized or whatever, yeah, then I would go right back into like normal human Corey mode, which is like, oh, bro, I don't want you to die. Yeah, like, and then, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? And in law enforcement, we we pretty much have the same approach. 
uh, it, you know, from the standpoint of, okay, once the threat's neutralized and then we have a priority of life of mm-hmm. who we're going to care for first. And that's, you know, innocence. And then it would, you know, as any other civilians or any, anybody who's innocent in that right. situation, then it's going to be fellow officers, uh, or, you know, or yourself. And then it's going to be whoever the aggressor was, right. but to still go through those steps to, to try to save their life and, and keep them alive. But, you know, again, how often do you see or hear people having those conversations? Yeah. Never. Know, and right. talking through that. Like well, they don't. And I never really thought about that because now I'm thinking about all the people I know who have put on Facebook or whatever that they carry at all times. And I'm like, mm, but would you be ready to pull the trigger? I don't never trust. Like everybody who I be seeing that I, or I know carry, I'm like, bro, I don't trust you. I'll see you do some wild stuff. stuff. Yeah, bro. Like I don't mm-hmm. trust you with a weapon at all. Like, yeah. No, and I ain't going to front. <laughs> There's this guy. I won't name him, but I just have history with him. I know him. He is now a police officer, and it scares me to the to the end of the day because I, like, intimately know this person. Yeah. He should not be a law enforcement officer, bro. Yeah. 100% should not. Like, I know way too many police officers, and most of them that I know personally, they all cool, all people that I would trust make the right decisions um, socially and for their own job. This guy, straight power tripper. Like, mm-hmm. only wanted the position for power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a lot of people with weapons in general. It's just the... Um, so I have a... Okay. I got an argument a long time ago. I still kind of believe this. And kind of with your hyper-realism, too. I think that sometimes certain situations can cause people to be different. Meaning... The classic phrase is guns don't kill people, people kill people, right? I hate it all the time. The context for me, the nuance in that phrase is that I believe wholeheartedly that somebody who maybe would think twice about getting into a situation where they would have to like fight or defend themselves if they did not have a firearm may feel different if they do. They may have one and be like, oh, I feel like I might have the upper hand, which would make me become much more... Um, much more inclined to be in a situation. Yeah. So, and, and I think there's like kind of two dynamics with that. It, it, I agree. And it, it kind of goes along the lines of like, why do you see somebody say something crazy on Facebook, but right. they would never say that to your person. It's right. the same thing. So like, you can apply that to the weapon too. But it's also, it's science, right? So I, I think there's probably a degree of empowerment. Yeah. Right. You're empowered because you have that, but it's, it's simple brain science with an amygdala hijack, right? So it ties into fight, flight or freeze. Yeah. And so, what we see happen is that in some cases, and whether you look at a situation that's specifically, you know, why did this police officer do this? I mean, scratch that. Just look at why did this person do this? Well, it's a physiological reaction. It, it's the it's the science of the brain and what happens to your brain. And when you when you go to that level and your amygdala is hijacked and and you can no longer think cognitively and process and make decisions, we see people do some stupid shit mm-hmm. that you'd look at them and be like, hey, that's kind of surprising some of it you look at you're like oh that doesn't surprise me some of it you're like oh it does it's brain science they they went into survival mode yeah and weren't even thinking about what they were doing Mm. it's wild out here man so does the film industry do you feel like the film industry is obligated um how do i put this one to to display more safe accurate depictions of gun violence in films meaning um, sometimes I will watch like a film and somebody's like holding a gun and they have like their finger on the trigger when they would normally not have their finger on the trigger, right? 
unless they're like ready to squeeze the trigger. Yeah. Uh, or um, just like tactics that like wouldn't necessarily be used in certain situations. Do you feel like it's important or the, that the film industry has an obligation to tell safer stories? Yeah, so that's hard. I don't necessarily think safer stories, uh, you know, because it, at some point, right, the the beauty of film and, and the art of, of that type of artwork is mm. portraying things, portraying realistic realistic things. Realistic right. things. Right. That was my thought, too, is, like, if it's portraying someone who doesn't know how to use a gun, then their finger's going to be on the trigger when it doesn't need to be. But make no mistake, I've seen very few, if any, movies that have a good throughout the whole thing really portray real tactics or right. how would someone really Actually be handling this right. gun right? right like i mean i can sit there and watch military and cop related movies all the right. time and i can be like okay that's not how that's supposed to go like that's you know and and, and i'm not talking like crazy in the moment things you know right. you're talking basic fundamentals of yeah you know that that's that's not what's, Police what's going to happen <laughs> but i think there's a an interesting point in that that gets difficult is is I definitely think we almost over glorify the violence, right? So one thing that's interesting to me with that is there's a very natural uh, thing that, that, you know, occurs in, in those type of situations, right? So some of it, and, and, you know, again, we can, we can watch and, and this applies to so many different genres of, of movies and, and television, right? You sit there and it's, it's realistic, but in some ways it's really not realistic because, you know, you can watch a, uh, a movie about something and you don't see all the hard work and all the crappy stuff that the person goes through. You just see the, you know, highlighted, you know, moments for sure. right. that they want right. you to see. Right. Right. Um, but I mean, how many, like, for instance, how many times have you seen uh, a movie where, where someone kills someone and, uh, they in that moment, like after they do like, or they're, they're in a, a high stress, like that high mm-hmm. stress situation where they completely defecate on themselves. Yeah. Like that's, that's no, sometimes, sometimes you do see that in some film. I have seen that, but that's mm-hmm. not a very common thing. Usually right. like we see these, whether it's a, a good guy or a bad guy, you know, they go through and they, they kill the bad guy or they mm-hmm. kill a bunch of people or, you know, they, they do all these things. And then they're almost portrayed as kind of like superhuman. Right. Right. Like they don't have no feeling. That'd be happening. People be defecating on themselves. I literally. It's a very normal response. And it's not even. And um, I don't necessarily mean just I think if I people. killed someone, I would also shit myself. Me too. <laughs> I, like, it's not even. I say, the reason why I asked that is because I literally just watched a TikTok of this lady in Arizona. She's talking about all the stuff that, like, the city, you know, has been doing with their homeless population. And a police officer, she said a police officer was honking at a homeless person to get out of the street who's crossing the street. And then they got out and they had an encounter and it scared the person so much that they they did that. I was like, I, I don't, that's kind of interesting. But then now you talk about it like, dang, that might be like a fear response or like a normal oh, it, response. That's a normal physiological response. And it's not even to that. It's just to that level of stress. Yeah. I had somebody, thought, I don't even know, two to three months ago that we got into a foot pursuit with. And when we got him and we got him on the ground, we got him handcuffed, he peed himself. Yeah. And that wasn't it it wasn't necessarily like it we didn't even not, nobody had their gun drawn like nobody pointed a yeah. gun at him like you it's know we we like very very lightly like he basically went to the ground on his own and then we got him handcuffed. Yeah. And it was just a physiological response. If you actually look at some accounts from some people firsthand at uh Ground Zero with the Twin Towers mm. there there's one guy who he talks about I I can't remember what his 
his role was, but he was there when the towers collapsed and he helped evacuate some people in the group that he was with. He was like, I couldn't figure out afterwards, literally like everyone had shit themselves. Yeah. Except for him. But then he was like, oh, but I had literally just gone to the bathroom right, right before, before this happened. Dang. So I didn't have anything for like me to, to yeah. you know. And yeah. so it, that's just, that's a physiological, yeah. that's a, it's a shock response. Jeez. Right, right, you know? right. You just kind of eliminate and, it. And sometimes you see that, but, you know, yeah, I, I wouldn't I say that it's pr- portrayed super. But we realistic. have, like, I know we have limits, though, because, like, I'm 100% of the mindset push films to the limits. Yeah. Like you you're telling stories. It's what it is, really. You're telling stories, some of these stories, of course they need some sort of entertainment value, mm-hmm. but also if they're real stories, they're real stories. Uh even if they're fake stories, they're kind of everything's based off of something. Mm-hmm. I don't think we'd ever see a an actual movie about a school shooting. We always see documentaries. When the last time you seen like an actual like Movie, movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I think because it's too triggering. But that's my point. My point is that, but but only with who though, right? Because we see we see very triggering trauma movies in other cultures. That's true. Mm -hmm. But also, I don't know. That's tough. Yeah. You know, because it's triggering. But then it's like, if it's too triggering to make a movie about it, then why are we not doing something about it? (laughs) That is where I'm getting at. That's the point I'm getting at. It's like, bro, you would not watch. You would watch. Um, Fruitvale Station I've watched one time will never watch it again same broke my heart bro <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a couple movies that are just like that right that I've watched it once enough trauma for me I will never watch again yeah uh, will always stay with me you will watch that but you wouldn't watch a movie that was based on like a true event like a school shooting and Maybe more like from a moralistic standpoint, it's not good to monetize off of that, but we monetize trauma all the time. I mean, true crime is the yeah, I biggest have another, genre bruh, ever. I have a know? rant about that too. Because it really be like, sorry to cross racial lines here, <laughs> but I'm about to get into it because I've always found this to be a little bit weird, even though I enjoy true crime. I also enjoy true crime. Here we go. People will use the term black on black crime. Or when we talk about gun violence, they get to, oh, Chicago. But we know what the Mm -hmm. underlying tone is right there, right? Yep. It's the black on black crime, which is really just uh, intrapersonal, intercommunal. Anyway, you commit crimes in a community that you're in. Like, that's how crime happens. But we know that as black folk, I talk to a lot of white folks sometimes that they always use the term black on black crime. Bro, white people love, quote-unquote, true crime. Most of the true crime be white on white crime. But they don't feel, they don't never say nothing about that. Yeah, facts. Yep. That's a good, that's a good point. Like, you glorify crime against your own community, but then have the audacity to say black on black crime. That's a little weird to me. Yeah, that's true. I never I, thought about that. I still love it. Shout out to Crime Junkie and all the other true crime podcasts. Mm-hmm. I still love it because to me, it's a human, it's more of the human behavior, human psychological aspect. That's mm-hmm. what my degrees are in and stuff. So I enjoy that aspect of crime in general, why people do what they do. But that's my little rant <laughs> on that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, no, that's fair. That's why fair. people be doing some weird Bro, shit. it just, just <laughs> don't. Why people be the craziest? It, be, it just be the cognitive dissonance, bro. 
uh, it's just, but, it's, it's wild for me. You know, and your point about that with like Chicago and, and black on black crime and how it relates to gun violence, it makes me think of an, and I saw this taken, uh, like after Uvalde. Um, and I guess this, this gentleman is an author. His name is Thomas Abbott, ABT. I think that's how you say that. I'm not, I'm not really sure, but he basically was saying, he's like, well, before, if we're talking solutions, like mm -hmm. what's the solution to this? He he says there's you got to understand the four main types of gun violence that we're facing. It's not it's not you know just one thing. Like the number the number one uh, uh, problem with gun violence is suicides. A hundred percent. Yeah. You you you, you would knock suicides, out suicides. You take like, away, and I think it takes away a third. That's a good point. Uh, yeah. A third of all gun deaths in the country. Hundred percent. That's a good point. Right. You know, I never. I don't think I ever. When talking about gun violence and gun deaths, I don't think I ever thought about suicides as a part of that number. It's like and the number one, isn't it? it? Oh, it's number and one. I don't and know the, why. The, I just the crazy thing about that is. So then the second one, right, is mass shootings. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, well, the definition of that is wild. Mass too. shootings is wild. Okay, but then you even think about that. Uh, and, you know, mass shootings get the most. You know, we get like, the most coverage. Yeah. They still account for less than one percent of gun deaths. Really? Yeah, that's um, that's a wild statistic, y'all. And, and then you know, then uh, on, you know, so the third one there is 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 domestic gun yes. violence, yeah. right? So you have to figure out, okay, so we'll talk about that that's either. A whole another thing, yeah. Um, and then the other fourth, the the fourth one, and the last one is community gun violence, mm. right? And and I think to me that was pretty incredible. I was like, hey, that's a really good point. So the Chicago argument is pretty much voided. It's always moot if you look at the data. Right. Like Chicago, if we talk about states and then people try to draw red and blue and everything else, if we look at gun deaths and gun violence amongst state lines and which how they vote, you would be surprised to find out it's a lot of red states with a lot of gun violence issues. But yep. people love to drive from Chicago because they think Chicago is just, just war zone. It, because it's it's glamorous. And Chicago is a nice it. place. I like Chicago. You know, but <laughs> you everywhere mean has I put like that's what I'm saying, bro. That's, like they that's they, what they say, right? Like I mean, the, and I'm sure that I've only been to the nice parts of Chicago, but but I know I people think that from, any city. I mean, yes, but I hell, be, we all live in Dallas. And Dallas every is day, also. I be getting tweets about yeah. somebody getting shot, bro. I'm like, I think to myself every time I see them tweets. Is this what it's like and what they think Chicago is? Because every day I see at about 2 a.m. on Twitter, Dallas PD says, responding to this call of somebody who was shot. And then on Facebook, they say, we need your help finding this uh, this perp. Yeah. And several a day. And, yeah. the, several and, a day. The, and the crazy thing with that, you know, and to that point, right, community gun violence, the, the solution to suicides is not going to solve the community gun violence problem. The, the solution to mass facts. shootings is not going to solve the suicide problem. Right. Right. So we have to look at those four four things, and I, you know I'm sure there's a couple other outliers or, or you know other things like that, but those being probably the top four. Mm -hmm. But again, one solution isn't going to fix all four of those things. No, right? You need multiple solutions for all of them, and that doesn't also mean that like we'll never get to zero. The only way we'd ever get to zero is if they didn't exist. Like right. we're never going to get to zero, but. I don't, I'll put it like this just to wrap it up. Buffalo fucked me up. And I, like, I know I'm glad that you, you said that because to that point, right? Like we've, we've talked about 
oh, you know, 18-year-olds in the military, mm -hmm. you know, like that whole conversation of if we give them guns in the military, you know, blah, 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 with the age to buy ARs, right? Mm -hmm. Then you have the whole other arm the teachers thing, you know, we talked about that. Um, but then also this this whole thing of like, oh, well, we just need more cops, right? The good guy with the gun is going to stop the bad guy mm -hmm. with the gun, okay? But what are we seeing? And, and in, in a lot of cases, that's true, right? Like sh short you know, quick mm -hmm. plug, Duncanville on Monday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good guys with a gun. Fresh. Stopped a bad guy with a gun. Right? right. Perfect. But but we talk Buffalo. And to me, Buffalo is, and, and I, I, fascinating is not the right word because it's heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. But you had a retired police officer with a gun who confronted that shooter. Fired and him, And shot right? him. Yeah. And it did nothing. And then he was killed because mm -hmm. the shooter was wearing body armor. Right. So... So then to, you know, and, and that's a whole nother argument and conversation again. But but again, that's a situation. You have a good guy with a gun. Um, but again, when we have these people running around with military style or military grade, and and, and that that in itself is kind of a, a misnomer term. Right. right? But we right. have people in body armor or protective right. ballistic type gear and assault rifles. Yeah. Which I think I saw uh, or heard on the news, and it was just like while I was getting ready, so I wasn't paying attention much, so I could be misspeaking. But it was either um, a specific state or something that they're trying to pass now where citizens can't, or civilians, I guess, can't buy like body armor, body, body armor yeah, and a bulletproof vest. They did announce that. There's a couple of states right now who are changing their, or introducing a bill to change their laws. 21 and up. I saw another one about, yeah. they call it the, uh, the I think it's called the boyfriend clause or the husband clause, mm -hmm. where like if you've had a domestic violence dispute or whatever, you can't own a firearm. Um, but I say all that to say the reason that Buffalo really messed me up and that really just got me fired up and I was like, we got to do an episode of this, we got to bring somebody in, is I want to be back or live in a world where... I'll just set the scene for you, bro. I go to work. I have a great day at work. It's cool. Maybe I even have an average day at work. It doesn't really matter. But I'm looking forward to getting home, to seeing the person that I married, maybe even my kids, whatever. Uh, and Katie says, hey, can you stop by the grocery store to pick up some chips or whatever on the way home? Sure. I can do that. Yep. I have anxiety about going to public places now. I mean, I've already had it before, but like, bro, I don't know why I subjected myself to do this, but I watched that video. There was nothing nobody could do besides the person who was trained. Mm -hmm. The other people, at least within the first like 10 seconds, nothing. There was absolutely nothing that they could have done Yeah, that you didn't even see it. I mean, I, I feel like he pulled the weapon out in some like magical way faster than I've ever seen it happen before. And the first person that got hit, there's no way that she could have done anything to help the situation. So I don't like something got to happen. Yeah, yeah, no, you're. I agree. We, we have to do something. Some, and not even necessarily for me. I don't want to see. I'm not trying to see no kids. I want to see nobody dead, honestly. But I, I feel a way about the death penalty. You know this. Mm -hmm. I don't want to see nobody die, but for sure not on no. I was just at the grocery store trying to get no, some groceries. I was at school trying to learn. Yeah. I was at like some stuff we can mentally wrap our head around. For instance, you were, I would not be happy if you died in the line of duty, 
right? That's not going to make me feel great. I'm sure it doesn't make you feel great if you've had people die in a line of duty or your, your brothers, right? It's not going to make you feel great. For other people, it's easy to compartmentalize because they'll be like, oh, well, that's like a hazard of the job. Like, right. we, can, we can think they put their lives in danger. Mm-hmm. That's why we revere them in the first place. That's why we respect them in the first place. But for us civilians who we just trying to just regularly live, live life, yeah. it's just wild. And I really hope that, you know, this, uh, something happens and things start to, the tides start to change so that people are getting healthy Mm-hmm. Uh, people are not getting shot and killed. Yeah. Um, even with, I mean, how does this play with officers, right? You go in a situation, you never know what's going on. Yep. Right? Which I feel like that even in itself shouldn't necessarily be a thing. Because yeah. that may make an officer, if you're in a place where like everybody has guns, you always on edge, bro. I can only imagine. I'm, there's no way I can be a police officer. But I'm just saying, I would always be on edge if I thought, my job is like to be the person that come here and kind of like sift through this issue. Right. And I don't know what's going on. I'm going to be up here, bro. And it, you know, like what you're saying, like being on edge, it, it was wild to me the other day, like with that news story that we did, one of the questions the reporter asked was, you know, Oh, was this, was this, you know, in re- in regards to our active threat training, you know, how does this, was this related to you, Valdi? Like, how do you feel about this? Like, and, and I, I, I've always, it's always been like this, but it kind of dawned on me in the moment and and my response to him. And I literally, I was like, no, this is in the back of our mind all the time. Yeah. I can't, I don't know if I've ever gone to work and walked around work or walked into my office and not had the small voice in the back of my head saying, okay, oh man, my radio's not down. Like I need to make sure my radio's up. Like, you know, like it's, it, that, kind of thing you know as far as you know having a a shooter in that environment or an active shooter in that environment it's always in the back of your mind right yeah. kind of just and it and we become numb to that i become numb to that in the sense of okay well that's abnormal yeah like that should not be the case like no, i shouldn't walk should into work and you know i have other priorities i have other things i'm focusing on other right. you know things that that uh you know are, are statistically more probable that are going to happen but still in the back of my mind like I I think about that every day, every right. every time wild, that I bro. walk into work. Yeah, man. Uh, well, we thank you for yeah, what I'm you about do. To say, <laughs> we appreciate that for sure. I'm sure our listeners do as well. Um, everybody out there, y'all get in therapy, please. <laughs> everybody yeah. get there. The world need a nap. Truth. All right, therapy. This, eat better food. Eat whole foods. Yeah, hundred percent. Get outside. Get and some touch exercise. The grass. Touch the grass. Touch touch the grass. grass. <laughs> Ground um, yourself. Touch the grass. Listen, this is a new segment of the show. This should be really quick. Jesse, because you're here, you got to play. Uh, we are playing Guess That Industry Term. So here's, here's the guys, okay? You know our show. Katie is the uh, the average watcher. She just watches the... For the, entertainment. Yeah, she just watches for entertainment. She's not really di- deep, like diving deep into what is happening, the story, why they shot it this way, what kind of camera they're using and the lens. That's me. Like I, That stuff fascinates me. Okay. So in order to uh, bring you into that world, bring our listeners into the world, every week we're going to play a game of Guess That Industry Term. And I'm just going to give you a term, tell you to define it, what you think it is. I will tell you okay. if you are right or wrong. I will explain it. And then our guys to you as listeners is that if you are watching TV shows, documentaries, films, whatever, this week, whatever the term I use, think about that when you're watching the show. Think about, oh, oh, I know who does this. Oh, I know what this means. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. So that each week you're just learning a little 
bit more about the behind the scenes of what it takes to make you dive into the show and love the show. So, okay. are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Guess that trivia turn. Or Wait, who's turn. who's going first? I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'll point. I'll point. Here we okay, go. Okay. Okay. So the first term is gaffer. What is a gaffer? Is it is it an object? It is not. Okay. What or who is a gaffer? Huh? I'm I'm waiting for you to point. What does a gaffer do? What? You're, you oh know. yeah, that's easy. So a gaffer is somebody who walks around on set, and their whole whole job is to get people to laugh so they can get them in character. They just gaff people up all the time. What? <laughs> Why did you say that's easy? <laughs> a gaffer? Listen. I've never heard that. Did well, you make that up? Or do you know? I don't know. Corey, am I close? You are close and far at the same time. Oh, okay. Very, very close. <laughs> was that a guess? Total confidence. Far. Oh, yeah. I totally oh, just made that shit up. You were so confident. I was like, wait a minute. Why do you know this? Very close and very far. I will give you the technical terms so I don't mess it up. A gaffer is the chief electrician in a motion picture, motion picture or television production. Hmm. Electrician. The chief electrician. So gaffer. All of the lights and everything... Uh, that you see in a production, whether it be on stage or anything, they, they are gaffers. Okay. They are lighting squads. So if you're like, oh, this is, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm a gaffer or I'm on a gaffer team. So or, they bring the electricity. Boom, boom. They do. They, they make people laugh. They make people laugh. I'm just joking. Yeah. The actual Next time you'll be able to say that with complete confidence and know that you were right. <laughs> so they are uh, responsible for the execution of the lighting plan for the production. So, okay. Um, interesting. It's very, uh, it is very interesting because they work very closely with somebody else who I won't say now because they'll probably be on next week's uh, industry term. But either way, if there are lights on a set, a gaffer, put them up. Did gaffer. It. Yes, gaffer. G-A-F-F-E-R. Shout out to all the gaffers in the world. I love you. I'm sure other everybody else does because lights are moods, man. Lights are moods. Okay, here lights we go. Are moods. Okay. You should know this one. So I'm going to go to you first. If you don't know this one, you want to pay attention. What is the rule of thirds? Okay, uh, so we're talking relating to film, right? Relating to I film. Just, I almost popped off with something else. Film industry um, terms, what is rule of thirds? So I know it has to do with filming, and it has to do with the setup of your camera, right? So like how you shoot something. Okay, is we're the rule, there. Is the rule of thirds like how how you frame the person? Uh, are we okay? Or, or frame the object is the rule of thirds, and I want to say it has to do with offsetting them, but mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. okay uh, outside okay. of like that's as close as I'm gonna get. All right, I like that. What about you? That's also what I was gonna say because I don't quite remember the exact definition, but I do know that it has to do with the way they're framed. Yes. So, ding, 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 to both of y'all, the rule of thirds is a composition guideline or a framing guideline that places your subject in the left or right uh, third of the image. So, if, imagine if you've ever been on your iPhone, you can pull out your iPhone right now or whatever phone you have that's camera on it, and you turn on that little grid, okay, the little grid you have, mm. oh, yeah. and you wonder why that grid is there, it breaks your image into three uh, planes, I guess you can say, not necessarily planes, but three parts, right? So, the rule of thirds is placing your object... Uh, on one or uh, the left or the right of the plane. Now, why would they do this? <sighs> Apparently, it leads to well-composed shots. It also allows for leading lines and um, open space. So it looks like 
imagine I'll put it like this. So imagine you're watching um, an interview yep. that you just recently did. So you're watching an interview, and the camera that was is, all that was all roll of thirds. Yeah. Oh, they definitely did. Hundred percent. Composition yep. was great. Okay. Um, and I was like, oh look, there's me. But anyway, so. <laughs> Uh, imagine that grid is on the on the line, right? If you've ever watched a documentary, you will see this all the time. Rarely do you ever see the subject in the middle of the frame. Yeah, you will see them yeah. on the right or the left, and they will use um, your stage design to design the other parts and to, to compose the frame. Because we are the way our minds work and our eyes work is very weird. Uh, it's actually also very cool. The things that we like don't just like sit in the middle, or the things we find interesting. Why? Because we as humans put them like in the middle. When we're looking at somebody, we often will look and put our subject in the middle. So when we find something that is our subject that's a little bit like off, it's interesting to our mind because like what is going on? Mm. So very interesting. interesting. Yes. Remember that. Imagine that you're uh, watching your this week when you're watching TV and stuff. Look for the, the rule yeah, of thirds. Look for the, the rule thirds. of thirds. Just just point out a couple times, like, oh, this person's on. Uh, they're using the rule of thirds here. There's a bunch of different composition and framing techniques, but the rule of thirds is probably the most popular. And you cannot go wrong. And I promise you, I am not lying to you. It will make your images better. As a matter of fact, look at that photo right there. Perfect example. Oh, photo yeah. of you and I in the garden. Oh. Rule of thirds. We are on the right. That's right. Boom shakalaka. Boom. You will find it everywhere. Rule of thirds for the win. So now I'm looking at every sense. picture. <laughs> right, because if you think of the framing here, we're in the middle. Why are we in the middle? If you look at the framing in this photo right now. Because we're the center focus? No, no well, I don't know. No. <laughs> because there is repetition. So we're standing at a building symmetry. that has, there you go, high five. There's symmetry there that has columns, right? I know some oh. of these words. So you put us in the middle, you're creating that symmetry of balance. That's all. Everything in film world is about like balance. Yeah. If you do something that is imbalanced, you're gonna feel away as a viewer. You're gonna be like something feels off. Sometimes, right? Sometimes they actually use that to their advantage. You're nerding out right now. I am. They use it to their advantage, bro. They like, I'm gonna do something. My boy, Alfred Hitchcock was the greatest at this. Yeah. Uh, Breaking the rules to make you feel like, oh, I'm uncomfortable right now because you should feel uncomfortable because the story in this moment is uncomfortable. Mm. And in order for you to feel like the character. I got to break one of these rules to make you feel uncomfortable. So yeah. hmm. I will leave it there because I will talk for forever. Yeah, that's good. Um, but thank you all. Thank you for coming through. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I would thank clap, you. I don't want to be too I loud. love this. This yeah, is such a good episode. 100%. 100%. Uh, you are always welcome back on. Once you are here for one time, you are no longer a guest. You're a member of the show. So anytime you want to come through and talk TV shows, movies and stuff, you are always welcome. You know, pull up to the apartment. Hopefully we'll get to the the spot where we got the spot, the you studio. know what I'm saying? But the stew. Um, <laughs> if you're still listening, thank you. What do you need to do? You need to go and uh, specifically on Apple uh, Podcast, please, because we need to climb the charts a little bit. Leave us a review. Thank you for everybody that already has. Don't just click the stars. Write a review. If you think we trash, write that. But just leave five stars. You can take Corey's trash, but you know, yeah, at, least they ju- at least they Jesse say, and Katie. Jesse was cool. great. Katie was amazing, but that yeah, Corey guy, he might talk too much. You need a new host. Um, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you have that thought, you can put that in there too. Just leave us a good review. Uh, that's going to help us climb the charts. Listen, we also have a Patreon now. Are you excited about the Patreon? Yes. Let's talk about it for a second. So there okay. are three tiers. Every single Tuesday, you're going to get an episode from us. That's just how it is. 
If you just love our show, you're like, I like to listen, you're going to get an episode from us. If you need just a little bit more, you're like, mm, I need an extra episode. I need to get the episodes early. Once we start incorporating ads, I, I need something that's ad-free. I can't be listening to the chat and ads. And Then you need to join the Patreon. Because once you get in the Patreon, one, you are a member of our Press Next Club, which mm-hmm. means you're going to be in our Discord. We've already began to create the community there. Um, it is it is vibrant and thriving. It is going to be fun. We're putting a lot of our behind-the-scenes, our extra stuff, uh, all in that Discord in the Press Next Club. So if you want to be a Press Next Club member, you will have to hit the Patreon. You can... Hit our $5 tier, you know what I'm saying? You can hit our $10 tier, which is the potato. And if you really are just like a cinephile like me, you just want to nerd out, $20 tier, go ahead and do that. You know what I'm saying? Drop your little, that's a, that's a lunch. You know what I'm saying? That's a lunch a month. You go to lunch, that's a lunch a month. You want to do that. But that, that is a lunch be, here in Dallas. Yeah, it's a lunch <laughs> in Dallas. <laughs> that's going to be your, your best bang for your buck because you're going to get so much um, biggest discounts for merch. Uh, personal merch, uh, personal shout outs, uh, all of that, all of those things, extra episodes, a lot of stuff with me. I'm going to be nerding out. So if you're a nerd and you want to go all the behind the scenes stuff and break down different shots by shots by shots, that's what's going to be happening at that level. So hit the Patreon. Stop playing. You know what I'm saying? But if you don't want to hit the Patreon, you just want to donate money. You can do so. You can hit us <laughs> on Cash App and Venmo, Press Next Podcast. That's cool, too. All right. We are a podcast. We are self-funded. So we need your coin. But... We love you. We want to give you everything that we want to give you, but we want to make sure that it's valuable for you. And the only way that we can do that uh, is if you are part of that as well. So you have anything to add like on that front? I don't. Follow us on social media and please come back next week because next week's episode is going to be great too. I can't tell you why it's going to be great, but it's going to be great. And as always, when you're watching TV and it asks, are you still watching? Always. Press next. Press next. We'll see y'all next week.